In this episode of the On.Net Show, you're going to learn how you can accept payments inside of your applications using Stripe. Stay tuned and check it out. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the On.Net Show. My name is Cecil Phillip, and in this episode, you're going to learn how you could start accepting payments in your applications using Stripe. I have my friend CJ here who's going to tell us all about it. So CJ, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you, Cecil? Doing pretty good. So awesome. why don't you just introduce yourself really quickly for folks, let them know who you are and what exactly do you do? Yeah, so I'm a developer advocate at Stripe, and I help folks integrate the Stripe API. So today, uh, yeah, excited to talk about how we can build .NET applications that accept payments. Nice. So I know what Stripe is, and obviously I hope you know what Stripe is. But for folks <laughs> yeah. that don't know, could you tell us a little bit about like you know what is Stripe and what kind of services does it provide? Absolutely. So Stripe is payments infrastructure for the internet. Uh, millions of businesses of all different sizes, from startups to big enterprises, use Stripe's APIs to accept payments, to make payouts, and just generally manage their business online. And so, yeah, we provide tons of APIs. We've been a very developer-first company from the start. And uh, yeah, looking forward to showing you how to build those, those tools into a .NET application. Okay, so then it sounds like if I'm building an application that has any type of e-commerce functionality, subscription, recurring payment types things, like Stripe should be able to handle those types of um, scenarios. And I can kind of build it in my app in a way that it feels natural and just organic, right? Exactly, yeah. We have tools for accepting one-time payments, or even just collecting payment details and then charging the customer later or setting up recurring billing, even facilitating payments as a marketplace. So something like Lyft or Shopify, where you are uh, you know, facilitating payments on behalf of riders or vendors who are on your platform selling. So uh, lots of different tools for uh, yeah, accepting and facilitating payments in different ways. Gotcha. And like you said before, like Stripe is a very API first type of experience. But you know, this is the on.net show. So I'm gonna assume that you have some type of .NET SDK or integration that we could start using to plug this into our apps. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a client library or an SDK called Stripe.net, which mm -hmm. wraps up all of the Stripe APIs and allows you to interact directly using .NET. And uh, yeah, we're gonna take a look at how to install that today and yeah, how to use it. All right, well, why don't we head over to your screen and take a look and, and see how this works. Great. Yeah, so here we've got a little Blazor application. I thought it'd be fun to build something out with Blazor. And for now, you can, you can sort of just add items to your cart. And you can see this cart up here. Um, and when we click Submit right now, nothing actually happens because we haven't actually built the Stripe integration. So I wanted to go through the whole process of integrating Stripe. Um, one of the payment flows you can use with Stripe is called Checkout. This is a Stripe hosted surface where we're going to redirect to a Stripe page where the customer will then enter their payment details and, uh, and check out. And then they'll be redirected back to our app. And so if you've never signed up for Stripe, you can head over to dashboard.stripe.com register and sign up for a free account. Um, and then once you've signed up, this is kind of what your dashboard will look like when you're, uh, when you're dropped into the Stripe dashboard. On the left-hand side, we've got this developers tab. We also see this, we're viewing test data. So uh, you can immediately see test mode, uh, your test mode API calls and things like that. Um, you don't have to do anything separate to set up a developer account. You can just sign up for Stripe uh, for a normal account. And then under the developers tab, you'll see your API keys here. There's two different types of API keys you'll want. The first is a publishable key and the second is your secret key. And 
the, uh, the publishable key is used to make client-side calls with JavaScript. Um, and then the, the secret key, whoops. Uh, and then the secret key here is used to make server-side API calls to Stripe that are authenticated with your, uh, with your account. You'll notice that these API keys start with uh, PK underscore test, SK underscore test. When you actually activate your account and when you're ready to go live and take live payments, these API keys will start with uh, SK or yeah, SK live and PK live, and there'll be a different API key for your actual live mode, um, live mode requests. So let's jump into the uh, implementation for this app, if if that works for you, and then we'll, yeah, we'll set up our API keys. Cool. All right, so here I'm in uh, VS Code. I'm going to jump into the uh, the app settings JSON for our server here, and. Uh, I'm just going to dump these API keys in. Now, in practice, probably in production, I think you'll probably use something like you know the Azure Key Vault or something for storing your API keys. But for now, right. uh, while we're in dev, we can kind of just drop these in here. Um, the next step is that we actually want to install Stripe.net. So from the terminal, I will jump into the source here. We've actually got three different projects. So there's a client, a server, and then some shared objects. We want to install stripe.net into the server, and that's where we're going to actually make those API calls. So we'll jump into the server here and using the .NET API, I'm going to, or the .NET CLI, I'm going to say .NET add package stripe.net. This will install stripe.net from NuGet for us. Once that's installed, we'll jump over to the uh, startup and inside of our services where we're setting up our services here. We can initialize the API key for the client library globally. So we can say Stripe configuration, API key, configuration Stripe. And then this is going to be the secret key on the server. Once we've set this up, we can make API key or API requests with that Stripe.net client library, and they'll be authenticated with our secret key on the server. We also need to pull in the, the Stripe namespace, namespace here. Okay. All right, so this is really all that we need to do if we want to set up our API key globally, but you can actually set this up per request too, if you'd like. Um, and so let's talk about just for a second how this app is actually set up. So if we jump into the checkouts controller, this is the controller which is handling requests from the front end when we are checking out. And so this checkout order method is what is receiving a request with all of the items that were in the cart and then processing that request. And ultimately, we want to use this, um, this sort of route in the controller to redirect us to Stripe checkout. And so inside of here, we're doing a couple things. The first is we're building out a URL. And we need a URL to which the customer is going to be redirected after they complete their payment flow. And because we're, we're using this Blazor setup, we actually need to know sort of where to redirect them uh, after they've completed that process. And so we're going to build out a URL. And then we're going to reach down into this product service with our uh, the items from the cart and that URL that we just constructed. And we're expecting that this product service is going to create a checkout session and give us back this response that will have an ID for that checkout session. So a checkout session, this thing that we're creating on the server, is um, an object that configures what the customer sees when they're redirected to checkout. And then uh, on the client side, we're going to actually use the ID for that checkout session to redirect them. And so, okay. so then I'm guessing that's why you need SignalR, right? So, like, there's yeah, so a little bit of WebSocket pushing happening. 
because exactly. you need to get some information from the server about like the hosting environment because you yeah. know your front end could be anywhere or anything right so i guess exactly. information from the hosting environment i send it over via WebSocket over to the front end i know the mm -hmm. front end could deal with some of that redirection to make sure that it's you know like urls and um you know those types of things query strings and things of that nature are, are set up the right way Exactly. Yeah. And so in practice, too, if you're not using um, this Blazor app and you're not using SignalR, if you have sort of like a just a, a more basic just .NET MVC application, you could use the, the URL on the checkout session to redirect directly um, server side. Yeah. You can actually just ret return, you know, that um, the redirect response. Um, but in this case, because we have like sort of uh, we're separating out the client and server, we want to use SignalR to publish that um, the, the information about the checkout session to the client so that we can actually use that on the front end to redirect. Right, and so, so I'm assuming it would be the same thing if we we're using a .NET backend with like React in the front end or, or Vue.js or something like that, because we're absolutely. using Blazor in the front end and it's running within WebAssembly in the browser, this is the reason why we need to do some of these, you know, pushing some of this data to, um, to the browser. Exactly. Yeah. So um, anytime we have a front end, you know, single page app type situation on the front end, we're going to want right. to publish that back to the client so the client can handle the redirection. Exactly. Exactly. Um, cool. So this product service, this is kind of where we would, you know, ha have tools for retrieving or listing different products. And so uh, inside of this product service, we've implemented this checkout method. And that's where we'll actually make the API call. Um, so this is a it's just a flat file. Um, implementation of this product service. And in the checkout method, again, we're receiving the items from the cart and the callback URL. And this is where we want to actually make that API call to Stripe. And so um, I have the uh, the Stripe for VS Code extension installed. So I can actually just say like checkout session create and hit tab. And this will build out all of the options for the API call that we need to make creates a service, and then this is where the actual API call is made, is down here in the service create call. Um, so uh, if I could, I want to just kind of go through all of the, the arguments here and talk about how we're configuring this, um, the checkout session. So the first, two, the first two things that we see here is the success and cancel URL. And this whole session create options class is the params that we're sending to the Stripe API. The success URL is the URL to which the customer will be redirected after they successfully pay. The cancel URL is in the case that they sort of bail out of the payment flow when they're redirected. Um, maybe they choose like not to actually complete the payment when they go to that page, then it'll be redirected to the cancel URL. So we want to make use of that callback route that we built in the controller. And we're gonna construct this URL that includes a query string parameter for the session ID and you'll notice that we have this checkout session ID inside of curly braces here. That's uh, when when the when Stripe checkout redirects the customer back to your application. This um, will be replaced with the actual ID of the checkout session, so that you can re-retrieve that object and display a status like you know, thank you. Here's how much you paid, and you know, here were the taxes involved or whatever. Um, we've also got payment method types. So here we can specify all the different ways we want to allow customers to pay. You can accept Alipay or SEPA Direct Debit, Shiro Pay, Ideal. There's tons of different payment method types that uh, are supported by Stripe that allow customers in many different regions to pay with their preferred payment method. So cards are very US centric. It's something that we are accustomed to in the US, but there's many, many, many different payment method types that are more familiar in different countries. Coming soon, we will have the ability to actually remove this payment method types option completely um, 
and replace it with sort of an automatic payment method type list that will be computed and derived from like the currencies you're using, where the customers are, things like that. So um, if you're interested in sort of testing out that beta, drop us a line and we'll, um, we'd, love to, we'd love to chat. All right, so the next up here, we've, we're talking about line items. So when you're redirected to checkout, you'll actually be shown sort of a list of line items that uh, display what you're purchasing. And one of the ways that you can create those line items is by pre predefining a price. So you can go inside of the Stripe dashboard and create these price objects, or you can even use the API to create price objects. And you could pass an ID for a price here. And a price represents how much uh, the customer is going to pay, so like a unit amount, and uh, how often they're going to pay. So if it's a recurring subscription, you might have that the price works on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, or an annual basis, and then also the currency. So that's kind of the three things. In the, the demo today, we're actually just doing a one-time purchase. So um, our prices will all be one-time. And it turns out that you don't actually have to predefine these in Stripe. And so we're going to dynamically create our prices using another argument called price data. So I'm just going to drop in some new line items here that include uh, a price data argument where we're going to dynamically define the unit amount, the currency, and then just a little information about the product. And uh, so this, at this point, we're just sort of hard coding that this is going to be $10. So this is in, uh, this is in cents, the lowest uh, denomination for the currency. And we're going to buy two of these $10 items. And we'll start off with um, just one-time payment mode creating our service. And then this, this create call here is going to return a session object. And it turns out that the stripe.net client library, anytime we're doing you know, create or update calls, this uh, we also have um, async versions of these methods so that, um, yeah, we're following sort of the best practices. And uh, I think there was a, a recent episode on .NET about like exhausting your thread pool or something. That was a fun one to watch. So um, yeah, we, we do definitely do have that. So make sure you check it out. Make sure you go yeah, watch it, it if you haven't <laughs> yeah. seen it yet. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we want to return this checkout response, which is actually just going to be sort of the ID of the checkout session here. Um, and that's what we want to pass back to the front end so that we can redirect. So this is kind of like all the server pieces that we need to create that checkout session. This is sort of the meat and potatoes where you would do a lot of the work to configure what the customer is gonna see. So, so, so when we talk about that price data part, cause I wanted yes. to focus back on that just a little bit. Yeah. So, so I can, I, when we really talk about pricing or prices within mm -hmm. the context of Stripe, we're thinking about how something is charged, right? And when I say how, like not the method that we use to um, receive payment, or, mm -hmm. you know, charge payment, but like the way that, like you said, like the currency, the product, the, the amounts, like the recurrence of the payment, like those types mm -hmm. of things all kind of make up a price. So I'm saying that because I'm guessing I could have a product, right. Mm -hmm. That, you know, depending on some, you know, conditional logic, right. Mm -hmm. Like might have different prices, you yes. know what I mean? Um, based on discounts, based on, you know, um, loyalty points and whatever it is that my logic kind of defines, like I could have those different types of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So the most, the most common th thing that you'll see with um, your product and price relationship here is that you'll typically have a product that might have prices in multiple currencies. So if you're selling like a one-time thing, maybe you're selling like a video game or something, you might mm -hmm. charge $10 USD 
and eight dollars or eight euros and then maybe like nine Canadian or something like that, right? And so you can have like individual price and currency for that one product. Um, and then where this gets really interesting is if you have a SaaS application where you're selling sort of memberships or subscriptions and you have like a good, better, best model or like a tiered pricing model, you would have, um, you would have your product being the sort of the value level that you would receive. So maybe you have like the gold tier and that value might also have like a monthly price that's $10 a month and an annual price that's $100 a year. So then you would have like multiple prices that are related to sort of that one tier. So got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So I need to also using Stripe checkout here and let's see. Okay. So the next step here is that we actually want to go to the client side and handle that, um, that call. So let's go to um, index.html. So when we're working with Stripe on the client, we need to install a JavaScript library called Stripe.js. Um, and we can do that here. Whoops, not Stripe. <laughs> this is a script. Okay, so we always want to load Stripe.js from js.stripe.com. Um, there are like PCI compliance reasons for this, and it's a uh, yeah, it's like a security. There are security concerns and value for loading it directly from js.stripe.com. Uh, then the next thing that we want to do is actually go, let's go check out our index base and talk a little bit about what's happening, happening when this signal R event fires. So when that checkout session started event fires, we're actually going to load this um, JS checkout JS file. And then we're going to call this function, this checkout function and pass in the publishable key and that ID for the checkout session that was just returned from, from the API. Um, so this is kind of like our JS interop for our Blazor application. We're sort of like yeah. interacting with some JavaScript. We need to write a little bit of JavaScript so that we can use that Stripe JS client library on the front end. And so this is how we're actually like reaching into uh, that JavaScript from Blazor, which is really, really um, pretty intuitive. I was, uh, yeah, it's, it's like pretty nice, pretty nice to work with. Check out JS. And so this is the function that we're going to call. Um, and we're passing in the publishable key and that ID for the checkout session. And the first thing we want to do is initialize an instance of that Stripe object. Let's say Stripe, and we're going to pass in, pass in the publishable key. And the second thing is we just call redirect to Stripe. So stripe.redirect to checkout, and we're going to pass in that session ID. And that should be it for our client side implementation. So okay. So we should, we should be able to run it now and then we'll see the... I think so. Yeah. Let's give it a whirl. Let's see if okay. we've got any errors here or if we forgot to... Uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting to add my um, my import statements. Um, no, that's fine. Yeah. So we got to cross our fingers now and hope the, the demo gods make the Yeah, sure yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, yeah. Let's see if the demo gods are working right. on it pleasurably. Okay. So right. like you mentioned before, like when we're building the application, since this is a Blazor app, there is mm -hmm. a, you know, a ASP.NET web API type backend. There is the Blazor front end. And then there's that third project, which is like the shared code between them. So that's yes. how we enable us to have like .NET on the front end and on the back end at the same time. So we're able to use those assets back and forth. Exactly. Exactly. Which is super handy. Um, so yeah. Okay. So we've got a light up corsage. We've got our moisture sensors. We can add these things to the cart. And then uh, now when we click on submit, 
we are redirected to Stripe checkout. Nice. So now, yeah, we can see our, we're buying two things that are $10 each and we can go mm -hmm. sort of through the whole payment flow here if we want with uh, test, test cards. There's a whole suite of test cards um, that you can use when you're going through this process. Uh, and then we can click pay and we should be redirected back again to our application. And we are dumped back into success. And right now it's saying thank you unknown for zero dollars because we need to like re-retrieve that checkout session. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's a couple different improvements that we could make here and obviously want to like automate fulfillment using webhooks. Um, so yeah, we could go through the process of you know updating this to create those line items dynamically using what was passed in from the cart. We can also kind of clean up that front end. So awesome. But hey, CJ, this is this is a really awesome demo, man. And just kind of looking cool. at you walk through the code and like get things set up, like it doesn't feel like it took a long time to enable some of these things. And like you said before, like you could pre-populate some of the pricing data and that product data in the back, which will probably make it a little, you know, a little bit more smooth as well. So so that's that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, totally, totally. And you could, yeah, so you could embed the price IDs from Stripe into your own like internal data model for the products. Uh, or you could dynamically create them. So you can either, you know, sort of maintain your entire product catalog inside of Stripe directly, mm -hmm. or you could maintain your own and sort of just have references back or dynamically create those prices. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of features too that come with Stripe checkout. Um, I'd love to just show the docs real quick. Yeah, that'd be uh, good. So like if folks are interested and they want to know where I can go to learn about all this cool stuff that we could do with Stripe, like this will be like the prime place that we want to send them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the place you can learn more about all the different arguments you can send when creating a checkout session is right here in stripe.com slash docs slash API checkout sessions create. This is uh, where you can learn about all the different arguments and parameters, all the different payment method types. Um, you can pass in a customer if you've already got a customer object in your database. You can sort of associate all future purchases with a given customer. Um, again, we can you know really customize those line items, but we can also accept coupons directly in, in checkout. You can turn on taxes so that they're automatically calculated. You can collect billing address and um, you know apply different discounts. You can change the locale or override the locale. Um, the locale will also be sort of like automatically determined based on where the customer is. Um, yeah. So yeah, tons of different arguments here. There's also uh, Lots of lots of guides inside of the Stripe docs where you can go and learn about like all the different steps for creating checkout sessions here. So we've got another quick start guide here. If you go to stripe.com slash docs slash payment slash checkout, um, there's a whole suite of guides showing how to do different things with Stripe checkout. So great. Well, CJ, hey, this is this has been awesome, man. So definitely thank you so much for coming on. And thank all of you for watching. This has been another episode of the On.NET show. And you learned how to accept payments inside of your .NET applications using Stripe. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining.